0: Hi guys, and welcome back to Motor Up Sports. Two of our three teams won this weekend. Obviously the one that we all wanted to win lost. But I want to just hit observations on the Lions, Michigan, Michigan State. Some takeaways from the Lions game, which is the majority of the time I'm going to be spending today is on Detroit Lions. But I just want to start with an opening observation. The effort, it is different. Look, I mean, you look at prior regimes. The team's down 17 entering the fourth. They lose that game by... 31 or 24, whatever, you name it, they lose that game by more than 17. They battled their asses off. You have to give that to them. They might have played a bad game on defense, but in the fourth quarter, they at least looked like an NFL defense. It's the effort that made me happy and made me think this might click. This might actually work. Because remember last year where we were at against Philly, we lost that game 44-6. This time we lost 38-35. to so we all have to just stop overacting over this because that is a huge improvement. And lots of us were saying, we just want improvement this year. Well, shit, that's a lot of improvement. A three point loss from a team you lost by by 42 last year or 42. I can't do math, but 38, you lost to Philly by 38 last year. You follow it with a three point loss yesterday. I can't be upset. Like I'm disappointed then come all the way back. And I don't know. This loss kind of feels different to me than like any other loss we've experienced as a Lions fan. I, I don't know. This one feels a little weird because this is more of like, okay, shit, we lost, but there's so much room for potential growth for this team. And I also think I really underestimated the Eagles. I mean, that team's probably going 13 games this year. They're much better than I thought. Like, I actually thought they were not a good team. Uh they were a borderline eight-nine-win team when we played them. They look like they're going to run away with that division. It's not even going to be close. And their 13 wins will be just winning like their six games against now. The Cowboys are hurt, so they're done. They'll beat up the Redskins. They'll beat up the Giants. So you, you know they're going to win a lot of games they're supposed to win. That's a 13-win team you just lost to. You're not coming back down 17 in the fourth against a team that good. The effort, again, was there you can't fall behind 17 against a playoff team. You can't fall behind 17 against any team. It's not easy to win an NFL game down 17. At the end of the day, the Eagles are much better than I thought. I think we're better than I kind of expected. I thought they were going to win that game, but it was because the Eagles weren't that good of a team. Maybe this team still, I I still think they're a nine-win team. I think the division doesn't look as good as it normally has has been. The Packers aren't really the Packers. The Vikings will be good. I think the Vikings might run away with that with the division this year. But the division's wide open. I'm not saying the Lions are going to take it. There's no way they're going to take it. But they could play spoiler in some of these games against the Vikings and the Packers. I'll be really happy. Nine wins is still where I'm at. I actually really, I'm going to get into this, is Campbell and some of the coordinators. I don't get why everybody's overreacting like this on Campbell. He coached a bad game, and they still almost won. I get it. Like, the onside kick was so stupid. I get where he's coming from there. You haven't gotten stopped stop in God knows how many drives. You kind of have to get the ball back there. I, I can see the mindset he has. Do I agree with that at all? Absolutely not. I think kick him deep and try to get a stop. You're in the third quarter. That was kind of a bonehead decision. If you get the onside kick back, I still say it's a bonehead decision. It's a good move if it works. It's so stupid if it works. That's like something I would do on Madden. That's not something I'm doing in an NFL game. That's really the big thing that I think everybody's just blaming him for this loss. And I don't think it was on him. I think it has to do with you need 11 players on defense. Not the fact that Campbell can't coach a good game. Yeah, he coached like shit. There were some very bad penalties. And I'm going to blame him for that. The penalties, the stupid penalties, this is typical Lions football right there. All the dumb penalties, like the stupid back-to-back false starts. I don't blame Tracy Walker for that, but Tracy Walker's hit. You had a few late hits, roughing the passers. Look, you cannot do that against a good team. That's why you lost. The amount of third downs in that game that they ended up getting a first off of a stupid penalty is unbelievable to me. That's my rant for the day It is the stupid penalties. It just is typical Lions football right there. That is Lions football at its finest, the dumb penalties. I, if they don't cut that next week, I'm a little bit concerned. Because I know the defense isn't talented at all. There's nobody outside of maybe Okuda and Hutch on that defense. And I don't even like Hutch, and I'll get to that later. You need a lot on defense, and if you're going to be such a bad defense, you cannot, you cannot commit stupid penalties all game like that. Plain and simple. The clock management issues, I'll actually back up Campbell for him. You did leave Hurts way too much time with the ball. And th- that's something I'm actually mad about, is that they didn't go conservative those last couple of plays because the run game was working all game. That's another thing I'm getting at too, is that he went away from run. Had he ran the ball just a little bit on that drive Hertz would not have gone down and scored a touchdown. Now I get where he's coming from and everybody's screaming. Why would he call all those timeouts? He wants the ball back. He even said that. And I get it. Like it backfires. You don't get the ball back backfires. And it did. You have to look at it from a perspective. Like, okay, what if we do get the ball back? I honestly don't think he coached a bad, bad game, as everybody's saying. He coached a bad it, No doubt about it. It's not as bad as people are looking at it as. He's just an aggressive coach that needs to tone it back. Because it worked against the Rams last year. We wanted to get all aggressive and fancy. I mean, it worked a few other times throughout the season. But look, tone it back, man. Because you're just going to lose football games off of that. Do I think we lo- lose that game because of Campbell? No, that was not on camp. The stupid penalties are on him for not fixing that shit in practice. Another decision that was kind of like, eh. Though he did say later it was because Okuda cramps and they need to, like, be cautious with him. And I get it. You don't want him going down. But Okuda should have been on that play that they completed the 56-yard bomb to. A.J. Brown. Look, Will Harris sucks. Will Harris sucked last year. Will Harris will always suck. Why is he guarding one of the best receivers in the NFL? It's the end of the fucking half. Keep Okuda in the game. I don't care about what the doctors are fucking saying about him. I don't give a fuck. Guy's balling out, and you take him out of the game, and you'll have a 56-yard bomb. That was dumb as fucking bricks on Campbell's end. And it was even dumber as you put him on a fucking island. The play call there was so bad. Eric Glenn is on blast for that play call right there because that play changed the entire game. Had the Lions not let up any scores on the Eagles on that drive, I honestly do think the Lions will win that game. That drive changed the entire game. If you don't want Okuda in the game, why are you having a one-on-one with Will Harris? That was the turning point of the game. That was the time of the game where you said, fuck, the Lions are back. This is what the Lions are, and this is what the Lions will always be. And it was at that drive at that second, I sat down and I was like, fuck, we're going to lose this game. And we did. We did. And I don't blame Campbell necessarily for taking out Akuda because of cramps. I personally think you should be in the game the rest of the half, it's the last minute and a half of the fucking first half in a close game. If you are a football player, you are trained to play through any injury. I'm sorry, but if you have cramps, stay in the damn game for the last minute and a half of the half. You have halftime coming up for 20 minutes, to rest of your fucking legs. Do I blame him for thinking about – no, because you don't want another Achilles injury or Akuda, and I get it. I get it. Like, you don't want to put him in with a bad injury. But as a football player, you're trained to play through injuries. And he didn't do that. But the biggest mistake on that drive was not calling zone there and sticking a man on man on A.J. Brown with, with, with fucking Will Harris. Come on. That, that was bad. That was bad coaching there. If you want Okuda out, move to a zone. But I want to go with some takeaways from just different players now that I think played really good games. And I think DeAndre Swift was unbelievable and a million times better than I thought he was going to be. And that Eagles D-line is one of the best in the NFL when they're healthy with Fletcher Cox, Cox and Brandon Graham. So you were looking at one of the best lines in the NFL, and he was going all over on that. And the O-line was very, very good too. I mean, they were playing the game of their lives. They were creating holes all day. Goff had a great amount of time most of the game when they weren't fucking holding. And honestly, going back to the holes they were opening up, Swift, we're big holes like the first run of the game. Yeah, you know, he gets fifty-six yards or whatever it was. you got that fifty-yard run. But biggest problem with that game, it wasn't the one-on-one with Will Harris. It wasn't any of the other little things I've already pinpointed throughout the game. What drove me crazy was when we went away from the run, we started just throwing the ball with golf. That really was the turning point of the game because the offense was doing nothing until they got the run established again. For those like three or four drives, they had nothing going. Three and out, three and out, three and out. And that that really was like the turning point two of the game. Those three drives where you didn't score, then Will Harris gets burned and we pretty much lose the game from there. Because in the second half, they start running the ball again. Good things were happening. Why do you guys think that Jared Goff is a good quarterback? You guys sit here for six days saying the guy sucks. But then when it's Sunday and it's one o'clock and it's time for kickoff time, you expect the guy to look like Matthew Stafford. Stop expecting him to look good. He sucks. He will always suck. And he will be a bad quarterback for as long as he's a lion. So I don't know why everybody sits here and expects the guy to light up 300 yards every single Sunday. We know what Jerick Goff is. He's a mediocre quarterback. He's more towards the bad end of mediocre to, like, he's mediocrely good. I'm sick of everybody sitting here thinking that Jerick Goff on game day will all of a sudden become a good quarterback when you guys sit here and bitch bomb him for six days a week. And that was my problem with the game. It was... You started throwing the ball with Goff and bad things were happening because it wasn't even all like Goff. I mean, you dropped five passes. Can you really blame Goff for all the game? No. I mean, his receivers were making no plays whatsoever. Outside of St. Brown in the end zone, there were really no plays being made there. The drop passes have to stop because those throws by Jared Goff that they were dropping were good passes. They weren't like passes that were over the head and they were trying to snack. I mean, they were right in the fucking numbers. They were right in the fingers every single time those drops have to stop it's the sloppy plays it's the stupid penalties and it's also the missed sacks all game and now this is where I'm getting to with Hutchinson I'm gonna be super tough on him all year because this is the centerpiece of your franchise number two pick he was disruptive but he was awful he could not make a play to save his life I'm sorry you can disrupt the quarterback all you want but when he runs for 150 yards on you, who gives a fuck about disruption? Make a play, dude. You're there every single time and you missed every single play. I'm sorry, but when your defense lets up 38 points and you're the centerpiece of the defense, I'm gonna be hard on you. The team is a game built around Hutchinson, a guy who couldn't make a play the entire goddamn game. But hey, he put pressure on Hurts. Well, the pressure on Hurts didn't matter because Hurts was still making plays. Carson Wentz is the perfect quarterback for Hutchinson to make a big game against. But I honestly thought this was the perfect game for Hutchinson to make a big name for himself. You're playing a scrambling quarterback, and you're supposed to be one of the fastest edge rushers in the NFL, and you're not even keeping up close to him. Horrible game for Hutchinson. I'm giving him a D plus. That was an awful game by him. Horrible debut. I'm sorry for everybody saying he's disruptive. Well, I don't care if he's disruptive. When Hertz is still making plays and he can't make a play himself, I'm sorry. Horrible week for Hutchinson. Horrible week one. Am I worried about him? No. I think Hertz is just a different breed of a quarterback that you're not going to play that the rest of the year. I'm not blaming the whole defense on him, but my God, that was frustrating watching him play because he was there every time he just couldn't make a play. Anzalone sucks. We know Anzalone sucks. I don't know why they still play him. They. They should honestly look at Rokon Smith. Like, honestly, God, that's the first guy you should pay. If you build up Hutch, Okuda, and Smith, and Rodrigo, I think your defense is pretty solid. And I loved what I saw from Jeffy Okuda. Let me tell you, that was night and day from rookie season. That's coaching, man. I got to say, that's Campbell's coaching. Because if this was still Patricia's system, Okuda's a massive bust. And we're talking about him 24-7, about how bad he is. It was to change the scenery, I think, was what Okuda needed. And this was a completely different game. Look, he held Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith's a pretty good receiver. To zero receptions on four targets. You cannot sit here and tell me that you're not excited about Jeffrey Okuda. Because there's so much to be excited about. I'm now excited for him. I'm buying into him. Look, do I expect the guy to be tier one NFL player? No. Do I think he can come out there and be a solid cornerback one, top of the end cornerback two? Yes. After that game, he looked like an NFL corner. He looked like a starting NFL corner in that game. I have no complaints about Okuda. Honestly, he gets my A plus on defense. Same with Rodrigo. He gets an A plus two he balled out too, especially with that uh, hip flick. Look, I am really excited for different parts of this team. I think the positives outweighed the negatives. I think there were a lot of negatives, though, and a lot of cleanups, too, because that defense felt like a Jim Schwartz defense. And that offense felt like a Jim Schwartz-led offense with all the penalties. Take away the penalties. And I honestly think this team, the sky's the limit for them. There's so much to be excited about with this Lions team. I am excited. I think there's a lot of growth to come next week. I want to see Hutch make a play because he had so many chances to make a play last week. He didn't make one. I want to see Okuda ball out again. I want to see Rodrigo continue to be a stud linebacker because, my God, I don't know how he slipped the sixth round the way he played yesterday. So, overall, I'm impressed with Dwift, Extremely impressed. With, I also read a stat. They used the first 100-yard lines rusher on opening day since Barry Sanders. That's a pretty good stat. It's a pretty good company to be in. I'm going to move right into like Detroit Player of the Week, and then I'll hop into Michigan and Michigan State. Detroit Player of the Week should be pretty obvious. DeAndre Swift runs away with it. No doubt Player of the Week. He played the best week potentially of his career. I was very impressed with Swift. The O-line will also all get a good grade, too. Because that whole O-line, I will give him an A-plus for the week as well. They'll also be runners-up. The entire line for Detroit Player of the Week. I want to move in now to Michigan State. They did the job. They did it well. They did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business against Akron. Jacoby Winman, That guy looks like a first-round draft pick. Again, Big Ten Player of the Week, Defensive Player of the Week, two weeks in a row. Two and a half sacks again. The way he gets to the quarterback looks like an NFL player to me. Now, granted, he has played two really bad teams. Now it's Washington time. Now it's big boy competition because I honestly think they're going to lose this week. I'm being completely real with you. It has nothing to do with them losing. It has to do with Vegas favoring Washington three and a half points. It's a trap spread. We all know it. I called it Purdue last year. When Purdue was the favorite, I said Purdue's going to win this game. I'm telling you. When a spread looks too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Michigan State will lose this game and Washington will cover as well. Tell me that right now. Michigan State will not win this week. That's pretty much my reason. I I think we are a much better team than Washington. But the Big Ten never does well on the road, prime time against the Pac-12 early in the season. This game just screams upset central to me, especially because Washington looks like a different team than they've looked like the last couple of years. On the flip side, however, this team is night and day from 2020, and we all need to stop overreacting over everything. See, the problem with all of us are, we all, myself included, is we overreact after games. And I'm getting better at just being more level-headed after a game I'm trying to be as level-headed as possible. This team is better than they were last year at this point. The expectations are just so much higher now than it was last year. So people are looking at this team like they're not as good. Well, nobody was paying attention on the second game last year. We're all just going with a bargain hammer watching a football game that we thought they were gonna win three or four games all year, so who gave a shit? Now, you know, the expectation is 10 wins. And that's the D'Antonio expectation. And that should be the expectation. In my opinion, every Power Five school, should have the expectation of winning double-digit games every year. I'm glad that's now the re- expectation at Michigan State again. I am glad that Michigan State is taking football seriously again. But I do want to say, Panthorn's very concerning. And I'm hoping this is not a Brian Lewerke 2.0 situation. Because I'm a fuck because nobody's sitting behind him. I'm getting really worried about him. That's why I think we're losing to Washington as well. Because we can't throw the ball. And now we're playing a speedy defense that can stop the run. Well, what's gonna happen when Broussard and Berger can't run the ball? We're gonna be forced to throw. Thornton can't throw. He has the receivers, he has all the weapons to be a good quarterback. He just He's not looking like a good quarterback this year. And it's very unfortunate because I want Michigan State to go in the Washington bullet breaks off of them next week. I don't see it happening. I honestly don't. It'll be a close game. Michigan State loves to win close games. That's something I learned last year. So hopefully it's The same thing this year, I'm just, I just don't trust the pass game enough to beat Washington. And then on top of that with Vegas, putting in a little sketchy spread out there, Washington's gonna beat Michigan State this week. I don't think Michigan State's really that ready either. They didn't look like this 56 point blowout team. They kind of looked like they won the game like 31. I wasn't really impressed by much. There wasn't anything on that Michigan State team. Now granted it was accurate. There was nothing I was really like sold on. Like their quarterback was fucking our lineup early in the game, scrambling. Yeah, I mean, the guy was a bonehead quarterback made stupid decisions, both their quarterbacks. But I just don't know, man. I am not sold on this team. The front seven, I'm sold on. That's about it. Receivers, I'm sold on. Running game, I'm sold on. It's the secondary that scares me. It's the quarterback that scares me. Your are two, two of your most important parts of the game. I, I don't know. This week scares me a lot. Like, a lot. I want to move into Michigan football now. I will say it right now. As of right now, it will probably change at some point in the season. Michigan's the best team in the Big Ten. It's not close right now. Ohio State, the way they play against Notre Dame, and then we saw what the real Notre Dame team was this week. Ohio State doesn't impress me. You know what does impress me, though, is J.J. McCarthy. And the offense looks better. It's craftier. It's faster paced. It's more fun. Michigan football, this is not how it's supposed to be. Man, I love those 15 years of kicking Michigan's ass. Now the rivalry is going to be back and forth, back and forth. I don't like it like this anymore. I'm telling you. I think Michigan football might be back. I will have a true judgment on J.J. McCarthy when Big Ten plays start. But as of right now, the guy looks amazing. The guy looks like a Big Ten quarterback with the potential to be one of the best in the nation. Potential is the key word. I've seen the greatness out of J.J. so far. I have. Now it's a matter of can he put this all together in Big Ten play and beat Ohio State and beat Michigan State, beat Penn State, beat Iowa. You have to put it all together. Now. This team, this Michigan team is better than they were last year at this point easily. I think that Michigan football is probably back and jj mccarthy is going to be the reason why that offense is just potent when he's on the field they made it and i get it's hawaii but they made it look so easy too. and he was just doing whatever whenever they'll do the same thing against yukon and then they had big time play. And we'll really see what jj is but as of right now, I mean, that guy looks like a future great at Michigan. And look, look, I don't know if Michigan goes into Ohio State and beats them this year at the shoe. I think that's a lot to ask for. And I will still say Ohio State will win the Big Ten this year. But on the flip side, Michigan football is a completely different program than they were, shit, five years ago, three years ago. You go back to the beginning of Harbaugh. These two Michigan teams are different. Yeah, they were winning 10 games in the beginning. But these 11-win teams now, at least, they'll probably win 11 or 12 again this year. They're a completely different group than it was. And I think it's a different feel in Ann Arbor. It's definitely a different feel here in East Lansing, not knowing if you're going to beat Michigan every year again. They're a little scary right now. I'm telling you, Michigan's a little scary right now. And I would not be shocked if they went into the shoe and won this year. I don't know if Michigan State can even win that game this year at the Big House. Michigan's a different program. It's unfortunate, but it's the truth. And I think that to conclude this episode, I'll be back again on Wednesday. Uh, I wanna focus more towards Pistons, Tigers, focus on some things I haven't been hitting on lately because we're right in the heart of football season. There's so much to talk about right now with football. It's unbelievable and it's exciting and it's fun. I wanna get into more of the teams I kind of not talked about on Wednesday. Friday, definitely back again. Lots of Lions talk, lots of Michigan, Michigan State talk. So that's kind of the plan for the week as of right now. I'll be back here on Wednesday. Have a good one, guys. Go Green, go Lions, go Tigers.